Hi, everybody. Hey there. Hope everybody's doing well and yeah. you're staying safe out there. Yep. Social distancing, wearing masks. Wear your damn mask. Yeah, wear your we're, fucking mask. Wear your mask. fucking mask. Jesus Christ. It's, it should be fun. It's like everybody's pretending to cosplay. It'd be great. Yeah. And plus... Actually means, has one with a hammy on it. Yes, I do. And it also means that you can make funny faces at people if they piss you off. Yeah, earlier today... Um, we were out shopping, and we met up with a friend of the podcast, Sam. Sam, and who's I been a guest on the podcast multiple times. And uh, I actually said, uh, "You can't tell, but my jaw is dropping." And both Sam and Ashley basically told me, "No, we can tell. We can tell." <laughs> I didn't know I was so animated, honestly. Yeah, and plus, like when you open your mouth, yes, I have a big mouth. Well, I can fit my fist in my mouth, believe it or not. Why are you doing this Ow. now? I used to be able to fit my fist in my. I got three out of four out of the five fingers in my mouth. I used to be able to do it. All my knuckles, I could actually fit in my mouth. But this is great fodder for a podcast. <laughs> it's true. You have to take a photo to prove it. Um, <laughs> Maybe later. But like your mask would move down yeah. toward the tip of your nose too, yeah. along with seeing your jaw. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, when I'm wearing the, the new mask that I got off of Etsy, big plug by the way, mm-hmm. should find that link again. Anyway. Um, it moves. I have mm-hmm. to. I put it on for the first time, and it is definitely fabric. It's not, you know, anything like yeah. that. But then I have to do this thing with my jaw and bring it down, mm-hmm. bring it down like that to to mm-hmm. get it situated and right and proper on my nose. Yeah, but I mean, that's the state of the world that we're in right now. I just don't like my painter's mask. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. I love the fact it has a filter, and I have three of them. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, if you have an itch, yeah, you, you can't scratch that. You got to. And facial recognition is a bitch when you're wearing a mask. <laughs> I need to check how much money's in my account while I'm at the store. You have to take your mask off. Shit! <laughs> um, but this has... But. Well, it kind of has something to do with what's going on and everything. But. Um, today's raw tidbit... Ah, but. ...is going to be about what it's like breeding a rare breed and... The ups and downs, the struggles, everything that has gone on and happened and whatnot. Um, to say that it's been an easy thing has... That, I is, think, is an overstatement. And you clearly haven't bred dogs before. Yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with Mother Nature, there's going to be curveballs. There's going to be shit that gets thrown your way. And it just happens. And you have to roll with it. I think breeding of a rare breed is similar to that old expression about how man makes... Uh, humans make plans, but yeah. God goes... Well, <laughs> it's, it's very true. And there are certain things that are totally out of your control. Indeed. And you can do things as much as you want to try and There's only so much that. you can do, yeah. honestly. And it's... It's just one of those things. There's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. There's going to be things that you're never going to forget. And then and there's going to be people yeah. that you're not expecting to come out of nowhere and not exactly be very pleasant and yeah. not be happy about what you're trying to do or at all supportive. Yeah, and, and pe- yeah. people are going to be judgy bastards no matter what you do and no matter and how hard you try. And it's a global thing, not just yeah. local either. It's global. Um. But there's only so much that you can do and so much that you control. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be open and honest right now. A lot of the first litter that we bred, um, basically from the time they were... Conceived? No, 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 Not conception? No. no, from the time they were about seven to eight weeks old mm. up until they were probably nearly... 
eight or nine months old. So do you, at the very least, remember the first week where yeah, you, you I, had I, me stay yeah. home and basically yeah, be a I, staycation? Yeah, and I, I remember a lot of the early stuff, but okay. I don't remember a lot of the... Once later, they went off, stuff, yeah, yeah, like once once Griffin and Henry went off to their new homes, I don't really remember a whole lot of that mm. um, because I was in a car accident and had a concussion and it caused post concussion syndrome, which wiped some of my memories. Not to mention it reconfigured your brain yeah. anatomy essentially, not not from a biological sense, but from a physiological type sense, and probably chemical as well. Yeah. Um. After that, I developed um, PTSD and generalized anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not going to lie. I probably had some aspects of prior to. very brave of you to actually admit this openly. Yeah. I mean, and granted, you have on social media. Yeah, but, I have. Know. But I mean, it's. I, I think it is one of those things where I probably had those inclinations prior to the accident, but this kind of... Thanks, Eleven. Um, foot, side note, when you are doing a podcast and you have other animals, naturally you can't take... This goes back to what you said about not having control. Essentially, yeah. Eleven decided she was going to jump from my captain's chair, which I'm not sitting in, and nope. a bunch of stuff is in there, and to jump onto the table with which we record, and she's currently sitting um, somewhat adjacent to Ashley's left. Yep. Um, looks like she's getting comfortable. Chances are she's probably going to come to me for cuddles in a moment. Maybe even me. Well, she's definitely... I mean, usually if I'm sitting at this computer, I'm using it to modify my iPod playlist. No, I don't use Spotify. Shock. Um, But, yeah, she wants attention. Aston will sometimes sit in the chair next to me to do this. I think Ashley's probably going to post a... Photo of 11. Photo of this at some (laughs) point. Um, But the whole whole thing about, you know, my, my mental health and whatnot has been a rocky road. Basically, ever since 2014, things have changed. Things have gotten better. Things have gotten worse. Things are going on right now. Um, If you were friends with me on Facebook, you know exactly what's going on right now. Um, If not, please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to elaborate on certain things. On other things, I'm not willing to elaborate on right now. I will say, for me, it hasn't exactly... I'm not going to lie and say it was easy, because that's just foolhardy. But mm-hmm. I will say that there's been somewhat of a learning curve. Yeah. Um, there have been things that I've had to adapt mm-hmm. and and be and, and somewhat anticipate. Mm-hmm. And that has been... I've, I've basically learned by doing. And unfortunately, in that particular respect, sometimes you are basically the victim of my, you know, lack of knowledge so well and and you haven't exactly expressed uh displeasure in that regard no. i understand but it still it still troubles me sometimes yeah and because a lot of it is trial and error unfortunately i wish it wasn't for your case <laughs> yeah. because i i sometimes feel like i'm only making things worse and i'm sorry i'm not trying to no and and i know deep down that you're not but that's kind of getting away from everything but join us next week for our next therapy session yeah um but <laughs> It also goes into that whole thing of you really just can't predict and anticipate what's going on. Other things get in the way, what have you. Now, the the whole Alice breeding thing, um, Alice's litter was born on May 21st, May 21st yeah. 2014. 
And um, it was a natural breeding, meaning... So we're going to talk about different types of breedings. There's a natural breeding, meaning male, female, in the room together. They naturally do what comes natural to them. Mm -hmm. And reproduction happens. And basically, I should probably do a little bit of canine reproduction thing. I still think it's funny when you said natural birth earlier around your mother. I immediately thought of, you know, was it what? We're going to put the dog in the tub no, and, and do it the Duggar style <laughs> way? Is that what's going to happen here? Yeah. No. Um, but, so, with, we'll do a little bit of canine reproduction stuff. 101. Yeah, just a general thing. Um, a refresher. Yeah. Most of the time, if you're a breeder, what did, what did you That's do? just my foot. It's okay. out there. No need um, to worry about it. It's not making a noise. I mean, if you want it to, it can. No, I'm sure it's making noise. You weren't stepping on a bug or something. <laughs> you out. find one spider underneath your wellies that you did not know was there, and you probably killed anyway. You're immediately paranoid. Oh, I'm going to kill a bug. <laughs> yes. Um, but. That's my other foot, not killing a bug. So, canon reproduction, it's not like human reproduction where most of the time. Most women do not know when they are fertile and then can conceive, right? Yeah. Dogs have, like most mammals, have specific heat cycles. Mm-hmm. And those heat cycles are very, very visible, well, most of the time, to the to their caretakers and, bless you, Bless Eleven, you, Eleven. And regarding other male dogs and even female dogs... Know the smell, know the signs of it, everything. And what happens with the female is her... Um, I'm not even going to go into the chemical side. I'm just going to go... Phys- like, what do you see? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Rollo throw Al into uh, her heat cycle? Yes. Just by showing up? Showing up. And so the hormones are going crazy. Some dogs are very predictable. Mm. Some are not. Hi, Alice. Yeah. Um, it's, and hounds especially, most scent hounds can easily be driven into heat Mm -hmm. based on certain stressors, and if another bitch is in season, Mm -hmm. they can bring someone in, someone else in. It's kind of like if you work in an office and you're working all the time, and there's three or four women, and those women sink their periods up. Yes, yes. It happens. It's normal. It's 100% normal. And it just happens. Um, downside for our male, poor male Rolo, is that he has to deal with bitches, like multiple bitches in season that are when, his daughters. When, um, <laughs> still, <laughs> the last time the girls went in season, it was one after the other. Mm-hmm. And the poor bastard had to deal with that. Well, and, and also we they had... fell like dominoes. Yeah, and we also had Jones, and Jones's first heat cycle... Yeah, she experienced that. As, I think yeah. I can't remember who went first. Was it Raven? Raven went first. Raven, Celine, Celine Jones. Jones. Yeah. And different breeds will do different things as part of their heat cycle. Hamilton's, as a general rule, are incredibly clean. You will never see a drop of blood. Rarely. Yeah, it Let's is. Quantify it properly. You will rarely, rarely find a drop of blood. I found a drop of blood in Raven's crate before. Yeah, but that is nothing compared to a clumber mm. where 
they don't clean themselves. Mm. They just let their bloody mess get into their white, pristine feathers. Oh, God. It is They have dis- feathers? I thought it was fur. But that's what it's called, the feathers in the back. Oh, okay. Uh, some people will call it like a skirt or whatever. Okay, so not everybody is as well-versed in regards to the withers and the saddle yeah. and things like that as but you, my dear. It's basically the long fur along the butt area. Yeah. And butt cl- clumbers are <laughs> mostly white. And they have a very silky coat. And then to have that, mm-hmm. it is grotesque. It looks like a goddamn crime scene or maybe that they injured themselves. Can well, I- and also the, <laughs> the, the breed standard mm-hmm. says that they should be shown natural, meaning you can't go in there with climmer, uh, trimmers and clippers and like... Did you just combine yes, cl- clumber clippers. with clim- clippers and came yeah. out clump... Yeah. Climmers. Climmers. New word. <laughs> So you, you actually you, you trademark that soon. I know. And actually what you would what I've had to do when I in my younger days, in my clumber days, mm. was you would actually have to pull the hair out of a clump of stuff by hand. Gross doesn't even come near what that was. Now I do want to tell a story about Jones. Oh, when we were trying to figure out if Jones was in season? No, 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 no. Because no, no. that was gross too. J- j- <laughs> Jones, well, it was after we'd already determined that Jones was in season, uh-huh. and I found that she had blood in her crate when I came in to, to let mm-hmm. her out, and she looked at it, then looked at me, then looked at it, then looked at me, then looked at it, and looked at me, as if to say, I don't know how that got there, I don't understand! Well, and, and It's I, like I wanted to sit there, are you there, God, it's me! You well, know, one of those type talks. Well, and, it, and it's... It's tough because they don't really, especially the first heat cycle, they don't understand what's going on. Well, naturally, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it happens. It's like somebody hit the puberty button on the board there from the movie uh, um, Inside Inside Out. Out. Yeah. 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 And it it happens. It sucks. Um, But here's here's the issue. So if you look at a lot of textbooks, they'll say that some dogs, that they, that the majority of dogs will go in. Every six to nine months, and it will last 21 to 29 days. It, it feels a lot longer to me, honestly. So, what we do is so generally, Raven is going to be the first one to come in, and mm. she's about every six months ish. And she will go in, and then within about a week, week and a half, Celine comes in. Usually around usually. dock diving time. <laughs> yeah. Usually toward the end of dock diving season when we yeah. don't want her in the heat. Yeah. Um, well, it's like, okay, we're going to the Nationals. We're going to the Championships. I'm I'm in my heat cycle. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> and that's another thing. Almost every single performance sport bans the usage of bitches in season. In season, yeah. There is an exception. That's barn hunting. Barn hunting, they will allow bitches to wear panties. Mm. But if a bitch in season pees... In a barn hunting scenario, the owner has to pay for the cleanup and replacement of all of the hay and the whole thing. Yeah, because... You can't see this, but my jaw's on the floor. Because that will contaminate the whole thing, and it would just damage everything. The smell, the urine smell, would distract every single male in there. Foreign contaminant. Yes, very much foreign contaminant. And um, now, bitches... Oh, really, Eleven? You just go right... Fine. She knows I'm going to pet her. Um, now, when it comes to ovulation... Yeah. Some bitches will 
go in certain days, some will come early, some will go right in the middle, some will follow the textbook. Each dog is an individual. There is a test, there's progesterone testing that you can do to determine ovulation. If it is a natural breeding, that is male, female come together, and the male then tie, well, there is a tie where the they are stuck together for an extended period of time. Yeah. In some cases, it can be five minutes. Some cases, it can be 45 minutes. I still remember Alan Rowe's second breeding. Mm-hmm. You wanted to say I was terrified, but that's not what happened at all. It I was, was actually hot as hell. I was in the thick of it, and we were getting eaten alive. Yeah. You know, I'm... Thank you for knocking over my water bottle, Eleven. No, what ended up happening was, I think I had Al, you had Ro, mm-hmm. and we were trying to get them to, to breed, and... Mm-hmm. First, we thought it didn't take, but next thing you know, they're basically going at it in the backyard. Not by to quote themselves. a song, but they were cheek to cheek, basically. And like I know, I saw it because I was outside, and um, I think we both ended up outside because, like know, I said, we were in the thick of it. Yeah, and that—that's part of it. Is when a male and female tie, the responsible thing to do is to have someone hold each dog. So right. you need two people. So that one doesn't pull and cause injury because it can hurt mm-hmm. and it can cause either party. Yeah, either party and it work and it's it's one of those things where you don't want to be the weirdo coming into the emergency clinic saying why is my dog's penis hanging out <laughs> weirdly and then you're he's like, done tying. Why is his penis still out? Why is it like that? Uh. And erections last longer than five minutes. <laughs> well, and male dogs actually have a physical bone within I know, I know. their their penis, and it can break. And for Ooh. females, there's it can be tiring for them. But what the main thing is for natural breedings, you just have to be aware. You have to plan ahead and make sure that this works. It can happen where you have they can do it on their own, but it's not recommended as safe. Now, yeah, no. There are other types of breedings. Is Shuri up to something? Yes. Shuri's playing with the chip clip that Eleven knocked on the floor. This is about a dog podcast, and the cats are fucking around. Well, what do you expect? It's not exactly very often that we're in here doing this. That's very true. You know, I mean, we, I mean which, I've been working from here. For, well, that's, I mean, that's another reason. I mean, they feel yeah. like it's like they need to keep mommy company while yeah. daddy's away at work in the office because daddy doesn't want to go to work in the office because the internet sucks. It isn't compatible. Yep. So. Fuck you, Viasat. <laughs> now, for the other types of breedings, they're not considered to be natural, but... You can you can take it as, you know... Is this what you would call a turkey baster? So, there are many different levels of artificial insemination. There is fresh, mm-hmm. meaning yeah. just exactly what it is, is you take the semen... Is the semen locally sourced? <laughs> it's literally fresh, never frozen. Okay? Bullshit! Some people have ordered their semen from overseas. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> All I can think of now is Mijin and that sperm cake now. Yeah. <laughs> My first show experience. <laughs> oh, that was the microphone. Sorry, that was 11. She was saying hi by nudging the microphone. Um, so, the, um, the fresh thing generally, again, there are two levels to that. That's enough, sweetie. 
there is one where the male is on site and for whatever reason a natural breeding isn't possible or if you don't think it's safe or whatever mm-hmm. and you have the skills to be able to perform a collection yourself and you feel brave enough to do it by all means have fun I will never do that I will do that at a vet's office because icky oh yeah Rolo's collection so <laughs> oh my god he got collected and in then, February in, in February Virginia. in the cold yeah and then once he was done and friend of the podcast Sam was there mm-hmm. beaming from ear to ear as she watched the educational experience and Ashley take it away it was about 19 degrees Fahrenheit in Virginia, and the vet was like, oh, just let him walk around a little bit. He'll draw her up. Walk it off. He'll be all right. Well, and, and, and she says, he'll, she said, as soon as he hits the cold, as soon as it hits the cold air, he'll draw right up. And I was like, all righty. What I wasn't expecting was the noise that came out of his mouth when he drew up. And that noise was, and it was like. That shit forced the missile way and, back yeah, into the silo. I was just like, oh my, okay, poor boy. Um, but that poor dopey boy. Yeah, he's a dope. Now, for fresh, it's usually males on site. You can do it however many ways. The funniest way I've ever heard was from one of my mentors. She did a fresh breeding where she collected the male and had the semen put into one of those fret like one of those paint pans. Oh my god, like the rolling paint pan? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> like one of the liners, the plastic liners. And then she literally took a turkey baster and just went... <laughs> I mean, that's what you can do. Um, you do you, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. And you can get creative and inventive with that. Now, the other aspect of fresh is you can do... If, if you trust your shipping agency or whoever you want to use... Domestically, you can do fresh semen, but you have to put an extender in it so that it will survive travel and will be fine. So that's fresh. Now, the next is going to be frozen. And frozen is a process, but there are advantages to frozen. And that is that what Michael alluded to is that you can get a mail from Norway. Locally sourced semen? Sorry. Um, but you can you can get a male from Norway yeah. and a female in Virginia, and create... like this this sounds vaguely familiar. I know we're gonna get there. <laughs> um, so what will happen with a frozen breeding is they will go to a clinic in their area, or I mean whatever whatever you choose to do, and they will vet, actual yeah, vet whatever. Yeah, and it can even be years apart. Mm. There have been breedings. Um, an English foxhound breeding was done with a male, a gorgeous English foxhound male that was showing in the 80s, and he mm. produced puppies in the 2000s, in the 2010s. Jones. Jones was an AI breeding, was yeah. a frozen AI breeding where her sire, Strauss, yeah. had been dead for three years. Mm-hmm. And Jones was a product of frozen artificial insemination where the sire was passed, but the bitch was very much alive. And the legacy lives on. Yeah, and it her. lives on. And the whole... That is a huge advantage of frozen breeding. And I I think every stud dog owner needs to put their mail on ice. Mm-hmm. Saying that as we have not done that with Rolo just yet. 
Yeah, and it, not on ice like in Demolition Man. No, 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 not no. like that. No, we're not saying put the dog in there and have the goo come in there and freeze him. No, we're talking about His collect semen. the semen. Yeah, and it's it can be stored in either straws or in pellets, whatever that lab prefers to do. And then it's stored in um, basically liquid nitrogen. And then it's shipped out to wherever it is. Because anything else is just not going to fucking work. Yeah. It just won't keep. And um, most places, when they ship, they have like a shelf life of about a week Mm -hmm. worth of liquid nitrogen in the tank. Which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, once it gets to the... To the vet lab, where to the vet area, or wherever it's going, the 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 site that you've selected, shall we say, it can then go back into a freezer and be stored Mm -hmm. for your use at whenever you're ready. Really, cats? Not now. Or you can use it and chill it and use it right then. You Mm -hmm. have that option. It's it's great. The downside of it is it is insanely expensive. Mm. Um, but it also means that you could have. The opportunity to utilize really top-notch sires in other countries Mm -hmm. and utilize them for your breeding. If you're close with them, you know, if they're willing to do it and if they trust what you're doing and all of that. Um, Then... Just about everybody has a vetting process, essentially. Yeah. Then there are the methods of insemination. Mm -hmm. There are three methods, generally, that are done by a vet... One is they just, they'll just put it right into the vaginal opening and just let it sit and do its thing. That's usually only reserved for fresh. Mm -hmm. The next two are commonly used for frozen. Mm -hmm. But you can do all of them with fresh as well. It just depends on how much you want to spend. The next one is TCI, which is trans-cervical insemination. And what that is, is they take the thawed semen and they literally pass it through the cervix and place it into the uterus to allow the sperm the most time to get to the eggs. Right. So the sperm and the eggs are in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Then that's probably your middle of the road cost. Yeah. And the most expensive is surgical. And what that is, is the bitch is actually put under general anesthesia, and they will open up the bitch, find the uterus, and take the sperm and physically place it in where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. That, all, that also holds your same surgical risks as any other surgical procedure would have. And anesthesia risks. For those of you who don't show dogs, by the way, when they usually are referring to... Uh, a female dog of this particular they kind. Are they are considered to be bitches. But for the longest time, we called Alice a bitch, but she technically wasn't one until mm-hmm. after she'd given birth to the Hogwarts Four. Yeah. Then technically, she mm-hmm. could be considered a bitch, similar to how there's like the sire and then there's the dam. Yeah, and sire like and the that. dam. And um, but with with all of these, back to the whole general reproduction thing. Just give them vocabulary no, lesson. No, Not everybody's is well versed. I mean, <laughs> I had a crash course thanks to you, but you know, yeah. there are people out there who probably never been in a UKC ring or AKC ring. So fair, yeah. fair. Oh, I have seen bitches in season of a UKC ring before. I've seen them in an AKC ring. In, in too. confirmation, yes. I should just be clear. Yes, which is technically a no-no. I think no, it's not. For com- so bitches it's in se- no bitches in season are allowed to show in confirmation. With the exception 
of showing in junior showmanship. They are not allowed, bitches in season are not allowed to be shown in junior showmanship, which is where kids show the dog to the best of their ability. Yeah. Meaning, you know, they don't want to have a bitch in season. Yeah. With a kid being responsible. That's fair. Fair. That's fair. Now, after the breeding has taken place, most of the time, if it's a natural breeding, the recommended time is to breed when the bitch is in quote standing, meaning standing she, heat, she's in standing heat, she's flagging, she's actively attracting the male and allowing the male to breed to her. Now, when you say flagging, you're saying the tail's just going up? And no, no, no. Run, so or? the tail, it depends on the breed, but flagging generally is a tail movement that's really quick mm-hmm. and it signals that they are in, in standing heat and ready to be bred. Now, all of this um, animal rights horseshit about how um, dog breeders are raping dogs, that's called bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because I'm here to tell you, if the female was not receptive and consent does not happen in mammals... Technically, consent does not happen in outs- nature either. Yeah, consent doesn't happen outside of humans, which, you know, whatever. It's a human thing. However, when bitches... Are in standing estrus, they are open and receptive to the male. Mm. Meaning they are allowing the male to breed to them. So there is no rape involved. Right, yeah. What some people are calling are rape... They call them rape racks. And what they are, are ways in which the breeder can perform natural breedings where the bitch stays put and then they can just control the male. Mm-hmm. What what it is is actually a device. It does look daunting at first. I would never use one. I would I would rather trust people right. than a device. But what it is is you actually will put the female who is already flagging and receptive. Otherwise, the male wouldn't want to breed to her either. Yeah. And she will go on to this rack thing and it's literally has straps on it to strap her in mm. for her safety and then the male will breed they will tie and then that way the female can't really pull away yeah, which will anywhere. cause harm to both of them yeah and then the breeder will just hold on to the male it is not a rape wreck it is for safety mm. um now after breeding takes place what most people do not understand is that um, the eggs during breeding are not exactly mature. They're immature when breeding takes place. So the sperm has to get there when the eggs are mature. And in nature, the sperm can survive, like for a natural breeding, they can survive up to seven days. Right. Fresh as well. Once you freeze them, though, you have to be able to get the sperm and the eggs to meet right there, mm-hmm. right when they're ready. So what a good repro vet will do is they will demand progesterone testing, which is what they need to do to determine ovulation. And then after they've determined ovulation, wait the appropriate amount of days for the eggs to mature, then perform the breeding so that eggs and sperm can meet at perfect timing. Right. Then after that, um, it all depends on Mother Nature at this point. Because it depends on if 
the eggs implant, if there's conception, what have you. The average length of pregnancy for a dog is 63 days after ovulation. Mm -hmm. It is not 63 days after first breeding or last breeding. Is 63 days after ovulation. Right. Which sucks because mm-hmm. you can only determine ovulation by yeah. progesterone testing. So this yeah. goes back to our entire subject of breeding rare breeds. Mm-hmm. The cost of progesterone testing wherever you may live will fluctuate. And generally it's only done by a reproductive specialist who knows what they're doing and knows how to read these results. Right. Which then adds a premium to your bill. Naturally. Each progesterone test roughly costs about $120. Jesus. So on average, from the first day of heat, so they want to see where the bitch's progesterone levels are three days after you notice her coming in season. Mm Mm-hmm. That one will cost you anywhere between $300 to $500 to evaluate where she is at that point in time and do a full breeding evaluation. Then, once they've determined that, they want you to come back every three days until she ovulates, which is $121, which is what I paid $121 every three days for a week and a half. For Alice? No, No. for Celine. Really? Yes. What was this? Back in August, I was oh. dropping serious money. Yeah. And you can... You know your natural... mother can hear this, right? Huh? <laughs> you know your mother's going to hear this, right? I, I'm well aware. Okay. Um, you can do it. You can do a natural breeding without doing progesterone testing. However, there is an error rate in terms of determining ovulation with that. Mm-hmm. And it, you run a risk of if the bitch goes into labor too early, you can have a premature litter and all the puppies die. Or you could have a situation where you're running into day 65 and getting freaked out and panicked. Yeah. Now, when you're breeding a rare breed already, especially an FSS breed, there is pressure put on you to succeed and also pressure on you to fail. Because for whatever reason, people do not want you to succeed. It's shitty, but that's just how it is. Now, people are petty. Yeah, people are petty. People are jealous. When you breed a rare breed, nine times out of ten, it is extraordinarily expensive. Which means that if you are a puppy buyer looking to buy a rare breed... Be expected to pay loads of money. Do not, to not mention wait. Yes, and be prepared to wait. Most breeders have a wait list. Most breeders will have a deposit policy. The reason and we are no different. We have a deposit policy, and the reason that we have one is so that we can provide puppies to those on our wait list because of the extreme costs of breeding. Right. Now, with that said. Do not send an email to a rare breeder <laughs> saying, hey, I see that you have a litter coming up. Where can I pick up my puppy? Because you will never... Number one, re- that's forward as hell. Yeah, forward as hell, and you will never get a response. Number two, don't ever send an email saying you're going to be coming from a compound. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Number three, do not name what you think is an appropriate price. Because nine times out of ten, that breeder will tell you 
that they are underselling their puppies. Yeah. This happened to another rare breed uh, breeder friend of mine mm -hmm. where someone named the appropriate price that they were willing to pay. Yeah. And she was like, I'm sorry. Do you want to pay for my next import? Do you want to pay for all of these things that... The health, all the things, yeah, everything that I yeah. go through to... to yeah. yeah. And some breeds, unfortunately, cannot be bred... She's playing with her tail. Is that what that is? Because yeah. I'm hearing, you know... She, little kitten Sherry's playing with her tail. That's all she's doing. Okay. Just want to make sure she's not getting into something. So, some breeds, for whatever reason do not do well with artificial insemination. Mm. And any form of it, meaning fresh or frozen. Right. They just don't do well. That's another struggle. That means that you have to import dogs right. on a regular basis to bring in new blood. Right. With other breeds, you don't have to worry about that, and you can just... You, you can, know somebody who's already having the, yeah. the, the dog or sire or whatever that yeah. you need, so you can just call them and reach, them, reach out to them. Yeah. Which makes things really, 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 really fun if you are trying to import dogs and whatever. So you can also be somewhat manipulative if you are, yeah. say, a less than reputable individual and yes, you're using can. them for only your added benefit. Yes, and some breeders um, of certain rare breeds will basically price inflate. Mm. Um, it sucks. It's shitty. Um, but it happens. But sometimes people are trying to make a profit, and essentially yeah. they're they're looking more for their own overhead as well as mm -hmm. advancing the breed. And and that's what it's for me. That's what it's all about is advancing exactly. the breed and doing it for the love of the breed. I don't know a single rare breeder that I associate with mm -hmm. that doesn't do it because they love that because they want money. They do it because they have a devoted passion to their particular breed. It's never about the money, mm. because nine times out of ten, you're going to lose anyway. Lose money anyway. I mean, you did with the Hogwarts form, yes, unfortunately. Um, and that comes with it. When you're breeding rare breeds, and you have a litter expected, now you've got, you've got eyes watching you. Exactly. And especially when you're the head of a parent club, you've got even more eyes watching you. And you those eyes are watching you on so many levels, and... When something goes wrong, mm -hmm. then that's when things get real fast. I think that is part of the reason why I, I, I have sensed a lot of pressure upon yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because for multiple reasons, not only the fact that you own a rare breed, but because you're trying to uh, maintain Alice's legacy. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to maintain Alice's legacy. I'm also trying to move the breed forward. I'm trying mm. to move my line forward. It's pressure from so many different sides, and it, it's it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that you can do is to reach out to your rare breeder friends and be like, I know you're going through hell every single day. Yeah. I'm here for you. Because... Yeah, be there for them. And it is not all sunshine and rainbows. God, no. It is not a case of... In 63 days, there's magically going to be a whole litter of puppies just waiting for us to play with. <laughs> no. It's not that way. Shit happens. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. Um, thankfully, the easiest part, once the puppies are born, 
is the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because usually, if you've got if you've got a bitch that's a wonderful mother, mm-hmm. she'll take care of all that shit for you, and you don't have to worry about a damn thing. Now, when stuff goes wrong, we've had two litters so far where things have gone wrong. One litter where things have gone terribly wrong. Where yeah, we lost Alice. Lost the whole. We lost the whole litter, whole and litter we nearly litter. lost Alice. Yep. Um. Now, her first breeding, we lost one puppy. Yeah, originally the Hogwarts 4 was a 5. Was a 5. And what happened, and we were very, 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 very lucky in that we advocated for Alice. We pushed. We knew something was wrong. Easy. And thankfully, the Hogwarts 4 are here. Because our reproductive specialist basically said that... If we had waited another day, they'd mm-hmm. all be dead. Yeah. And what happened was, for whatever reason, a puppy stopped developing after the bones have calcified. Mm-hmm. What's What's interesting about, I'm not going to say unique, because it can happen in yeah. many, many, many other mammals, is once the embryo has implanted into the uterus, the... Fetus can then be absorbed into the female. Right. It can happen for any reason. We don't know why it happens. The leading evidence is saying stress, what have you. But until those little tiny bones have calcified or mineralized, Mm -hmm. they can be reabsorbed. Now, after they have been mineralized or calcified, they cannot be reabsorbed. But that does not mean that they will be fine. A puppy can stop growing. And this is what happened with our first litter. Mm -hmm. A puppy that was, for whatever reason, we don't know why, stopped growing probably around day 55. Mm -hmm. And we could see it. It was of equal size as everyone else on the x-ray. But it just stopped growing for that last week or so. Yeah. And because of that, the... Um, labor did not start normally. Right. It was fluctuating up and down and up and down and up and down. Her temperatures were going up and down and that's another way you can tell if the bitch is coming into season is if you take her temperature... With a thermometer with, up the butt. Yeah, with a rectal thermometer it will actually go down. So normal dog temperature is about 101 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. And it'll drop down to about 98. And then within 24 hours you should have a litter. Alice's temperatures were all over the place. And that was telling me that some... Typical Alice fashion. She made me work for it. Yeah. Um, But what that was telling me was that something was not right. Mm -hmm. And so we opted for a C-section. Again, more money. Yeah. And um, thankfully we had a great litter of two boys, two girls. Now the second breeding... um, not as much as a happy no. tail, honestly. Pyrometra set in. Yeah. That is a uterine infection, and it can kill within a day. hmm Thankfully, Alice had what was known as open, which is the less lethal kind. There is another form called the closed. If you discover that your bitch has symptoms of closed pyrometra, get her to a vet immediately because she will die. Yeah. Because what a closed pyrometra can do is the uterus can rupture, spilling the infection into the body and causing septic shock and kill them fast. Um, 
Destin is not helping to no, our he's not. serious. So all of the cats are being jerks right now. We've heard from I, I had Shuri a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Eleven dropped something, and now Aston's making his presence felt. I think the only one who's actually respectful is I, well, Astrid was here a little while yeah, ago, but she, she didn't make a noise. Yeah, and Nala and Nala is, just doesn't care. Yeah, Nala's in the bedroom. Yeah. So with with all of that, it's not kind or pleasant or whatever. It happens. And you, you just have to roll with the punches, unfortunately. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this is what we have been through over the past few months. This kind of gets into what I wanted to talk about with my venting. You know? Well, it'll happen, but I'm just going to say, we have possibly puppies on the way. Yes. It's not actually medically confirmed. It is observational. Only. Only. Because we know Celine, we trust Celine, we know what's normal for her. We know her behaviors. And that that's another thing is part of being a breeder is knowing your dogs mm-hmm. and trusting in them and being aware of when they're acting normal, when they're not. And this is also why a lot of breeders won't breed on the first heat cycle is because every single dog will go through some form of false pregnancy right. after each heat cycle due to progesterone levels. But it's having the skill to say, is this a false pregnancy or is this an actual pregnancy? Right. And, you know, the girls are six years old. So we've seen their heat cycles for years. So we know what is normal for them. And that is why we're making this kind of announcement, per se. And we might have puppies on the way. It's like a soft opening. Honestly, it is. Isn't it? It's like we're, we're not quite open for business yet, but, you know, we're, we're kind of testing the waters, as it were. And, of course, it's 2020, so 20, it's throwing us off for a loop, and it's a curveball, so whatever. What we did was um, I have admired this male in Norway for a couple of years now and thought he would be a good fit for Raven. Now, keep in mind, it would have been easy to go ahead and breed again to Rolo, but at the same time, genetics... We need more blood. ...would not have been very good because genetics likes diversity. Yes, and that's what we're trying to do is to add more blood to the gene pool in the States. And not have it, you know, be the shallow end of the gene pool. (laughs) Yeah, and so... We said, all right, the girls aren't getting any younger. We need to do this. We need to actually do it. And, of course, my original plan, this male that I really, really, really liked, I wanted, you know, for him to be bred to Raven. And my original plan was that I had formulated back in, like, November of 2019. So this was... Pre Alice death, right? Pre COVID, pre everything, pre twenty twenty, basically. Yeah. And my plan was to, because I'd already gotten an open invitation from the Norwegian Hamilton Club to come during their confirmation sh- show season, which is during the summer, mm-hmm. which would have been perfect because that's when Raven was supposed to come in the season. Yeah. And the plan was to meet up with this stud owner. Mm-hmm. And do a natural breeding. Take Raven with you. Yeah, take Raven with me because she yeah. is my service dog. Right. Take her with me to Norway, do the natural breeding there, and then find another male as Frozen, come back with that. But 
plans did not yeah. work um, as we suspected. So when COVID happened and I was like, well, shit, I have to start. Which the pandemic was announced on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So I, a couple I, days after my birthday. So I had to pivot. I had to pivot and I had to try and do this to the best of my abilities and which meant doing a frozen breeding. It's not it. It's not ideal. It's but... not ideal, but it's something that can be done. It has right. been done before with other Hamiltons, so I knew that I wasn't up to that risk of certain breeds where you just have to have a natural breeding. Yeah. Because in my my original plan was to bring back Frozen for Celine. We were being insanely ambitious at that time and wanted to have you know possibly have two layers of puppies on the ground, which would have been nuts. Not to mention mildly messy and inconvenient yeah. considering our amount of space here. But we were willing to do that for the love of the breed and to keep things moving and the legacy moving forward. Now. We even acquired two elping boxes as a result. I mean, granted, yeah. we already had one well, from Alice. Yeah, but we got a really nice one now. Yeah. Um, so, as some of you remember, as part of COVID, everything went on lockdown. Yep. Meaning... Just general vet appointments Mm -hmm. to get vaccinations. A lot of vets weren't doing them. Um, Our reproductive specialist is still not doing semen collections. Mm. Um, Because I know my employer, they received notice that one of the employees had COVID and the building went on lockdown Mm -hmm. more than once, unfortunately. But um, regretfully, it wasn't for the full... 14 days mm-hmm. it was just for 24 hours yep for cleaning purposes but Which I, I i question the wisdom whatever but i mean for for that scenario it's a little bit different than what's going you know what was happening at that time they were trying to limit exposure to general people and what have you and they were doing whatever they could I'm not defend my employer i'm not i'm just saying but these vet offices were making things very, very difficult for a lot of breeders, especially of rare breeds. We were kind of backed into a corner really quick. Yeah. And a lot of plans had to, in many, many, many cases, flip on their heads. Um, the male, the initial male that I'd chosen for Celine, um, the owner did not feel safe driving yeah. long distances, which is totally understandable because he was in one of the high-risk age groups. Yeah, don't blame him. Don't blame him at all. It felt I felt shitty, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Needs must. I, I get it. Now, for the stud for Raven, he was game for it, whatever. He was just like, as long as you pay for everything, <laughs> you're fine. And I was like, all right. I don't cool. care. I don't care. And, um... So luckily, like we found, we found a lab that was open and taking appointments and all of that stuff, and we were getting things moving, and then um, we were getting close to their anticipated date of coming this season. So we really had to move and move fast. Um, we got the semen shipped over, um, and unfortunately, we missed Raven. By yeah. about a day, day and a half. Right. Sucks, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So then I made the tough call, and I also had to approve this with the stud owner mm-hmm. to switch females. Yeah. And that's another thing, is 
when you're breeding a rare breed and you have two bitches, you may have different plans with them. Right. It happens. They're siblings. They're similar, but yet they're different. Mm. They may have different breeding needs, what have you. The stud, ideally, I would have loved for him to be bred to Raven because he has things that Raven needs and vice versa. Right. It was a great, great cross in my mind. But, <laughs> what have you, we all, have... All, all, all I can think of is like that matchmaker or like in those Victorian films. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's going to, this is a great match. Yeah. You know, or something like that. I wish I could remember exactly how they put it or whatnot. Yeah, so, I mean, with this, I, Celine wasn't my ideal, my ideal to be bred to this stud dog. I'm not going to name him. If, if you want to know, you can find our website and you'll know. Um, but Celine and him, you know, wasn't ideal, but it could work. Yeah. And it was new blood, so hell, why not? And the girls aren't getting any younger, what have you. And we just said, fuck it, I'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> fuck it, we didn't have a choice. Well, fuck <laughs> it, and also, I have the money now. I have people on my wait list. Yeah. Paid deposits, need to move, gotta go. Got stuff to do. And um, I explained the situation to the stud owner, he was fine. He, um, what might be incredible, is we might get some damn good dock divers out of this breeding. What, because of Celine? Because of Celine, and apparently the stud dog loves water too. Interesting. Um, that was not my intention. Yeah. Added bonus. <laughs> um, but again, we don't have an actual medically confirmed for, litter yet. Yeah. So, and, and we could I'm going to explain we, why. We, we could go have that exam, and we'd find out that our dreams are nothing more than the stuff of pipes. Yeah. And that Celine is just being a bastard and. You know, gaining weight for no good reason and getting boobs for no Except good reason. Except for just the idea of getting more food every night. Or um, morning, excuse me. So, we did a frozen TCI breeding. The reason that I chose not to do surgical had nothing to do with money, but had everything to do with Celine's safety. Right. Um, I did not want to put her through anesthesia... And the stress of surgery for the sake of a breeding. Yeah. Would I possibly do surgical in the future? Sure. You know, if it was a younger bitch, if it was something along those lines, sure. Yeah. But TCI and just Celine seemed to fit perfectly. Right. Because it was non-invasive. The only downside of it, because of the vet's office's COVID precautions, I could not be in there with her. During the breeding, I had to sit in the car in the parking lot and listen to podcasts. Now you know how it felt to be me while you were undergoing certain surgical procedures. Yeah. Only I had the boys. <laughs> well, and so for... All three episodes of it. For Celine, thankfully the breeding only took about 30 minutes. And where the reproductive specialist is, is also a 30 minute drive. And um, the vet was like, just don't let her go pee for like the next hour or whatever. Right. And we were already halfway there, you know, halfway into the hour by the time we got home. So it was mm -hmm. easy to just say, hey, no, you're not, you're not peeing. Um, we did the TCI breeding after um, we had confirmed progesterone testing of ovulation. And then... We still have those dates up on that tri race board over yeah, there. It's fine. I can't. No, I can't see it from here in regards to when the. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I want. Yeah, I can't see it. <laughs> it's fine. So we schedule an ultrasound 
for 28 days after ovulation. Mm-hmm. That is the bare minimum age wow. of pregnancy for it to be seen on ultrasound. Yeah. The ultrasound did not show a pregnancy. It showed a very, very healthy uterus. Which Ashley was very gutted over. I was gutted. I was upset. She, well, let me go ahead and put this in perspective, because um, not only was this about Alice's legacy, but it was going to be done during a time where it was going to be painful because Alice had passed away during this particular time. She was looking for something positive to hold on to. Yeah. And to have another, because I mean, a lot of people have COVID-19 projects, Mm -hmm. um, like the chicken expansion that we Mm -hmm. just finished and modified. Yeah. Um, But not to mention the fact that this would have been a nice positive. Yeah thing for you to work on mm-hmm. and the fact that she was completely gutted i mean she just felt like all her hopes and dreams were just gone and that's just for anyone who's experienced that kind of loss it's like almost her dying all over again yeah and it, it sucked um but this comes back into the whole thing of you got to trust your female and i kept on thinking in my head if we ultrasound celine at day 27 you wouldn't have been able to see jack shit on the ultrasound. Not to mention the fact that there's that they're sometimes inconclusive. Yeah, and so dog a dog uterus has two, has two horns, and it's it's kind of like a Y shape. Mm-hmm. And if the ultrasound is only visualizing one horn of the uterus, and they can't visualize the second horn, you're not getting the whole picture. You're not getting the whole picture, and it can happen. And unfortunately, it has happened with this vet before too. And we're not blaming them. We're not blaming them at all. No, we no, just no, no. Know we're not, that we're not placing blame, no. pointing fingers, nothing like that at all. We know that people are fallible, and you know stuff happens. So yeah. I mean, it's not anybody's fault. It's just like Ashley said, we trust Celine. Yeah, we're trusting her, and, and her behavior has been very a-natural and atypical. Yeah, and even for Celine during is that natural a, even a word? I don't know. Atypical. Atypical sounds better. We'll, yeah. we'll go with that. Edit that part out. <laughs> I'm not editing shit. God damn it. Um, I hate sounding like an idiot. So it's all right. It happens. Mm. Um, we have been monitoring Celine very closely. Mm. I was initially gutted. Was incredibly upset. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how closely that you've been had me monitor Celine. I'm out there with like a like very high powered flashlight mm-hmm. and my phone, which itself when recording in the dark of Virginia 5 a.m. 5:30 a.m. in the morning, dark as night. I'm out there. Celine's got her own goddamn spotlight, mm-hmm. and I'm using my phone like I'm fucking TMZ, following her around. Yeah. It, Watch but, her movement. Here's her gate. Here's her gate. What is she doing? Oh, she's peeing now. What do I record? At one point, I was actually recording just, like, Celine's head, and she was just looking at me, just mortified. It's like, Dad. <laughs> so, another thing that we did, which is kind of an old wives trick, old dog person trick... And that is at around day 21, after ovulation, the gums will turn paler than normal. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And that happened with Celine. Yes, it did. And I kept on thinking about that after we heard the ultrasound thing. And even when I told the vet that, we were like, then she should be bred. 
Yeah. They've never had a situation like that. Mm. And, you know, it sucks, it's hard, and we just kept on watching Celine, kept on noticing her behavior changes. Usually, she's our little jumping bean, is crazy, goes nuts. She's a, There's a reason why she's our performance dog. Mm-hmm. She loves to do things, loves to just be around. Loves to be active. Yeah, and she's also she also gets certain temperament traits from her sire, Rolo. Right. Where, she, where Rolo was known as the Walmart greeter and would go and say <laughs> hi to everybody. Just about everybody, yeah. She would do the same thing. And would just come up and be like, hey. But recently. Recently, she has only had eyes for myself and Michael. Correct. She has been around my mother since she was three days old. Yeah, she's very familiar with their gammy. And my my mom came over last Monday mm-hmm. to help with do some, some yard, yard work. work and landscaping. And... Um, my mom first said, wow, she looks exactly how Alice looked when she was bred. Mm-hmm. And then Celine wanted nothing to do with her. Very shy, very cold. And extraordinarily aloof. I have never seen Celine aloof before in her life. If anything, Celine was acting normal, but it, only if it was her mother. Yeah. Alice would do that. Yeah, Alice, Alice was aloof. Yeah, Alice would Celine pick her people. is not aloof no. at all. No. And another thing about it is Celine has been gaining weight mm. and has had boob development. Yeah, the gaining weight you can attribute to maybe her getting more food, but the boob development, that's that's not no. attributed to food. No. And that's something that, again, she is six years old. Yeah. And she has never had that after any of her heat cycles, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. So... We are watching her closely. Yeah. The anticipated due date is around mid-October. Yeah. So <laughs> next month, essentially. And we're going to do an x-ray mm-hmm. to conclusively determine if she's pregnant, how many puppies, all of that stuff. And x-raying a pregnant bitch is totally fine. Yeah, there's no, no issues medically in regards as to that. As long as the... Puppies have been mineralized and calcified and all of that. Um, if they were... So, at Celine's progress right now, they would probably show a very large uterus. And, yeah. and their alarm bells would go off and be like, oh my god, <laughs> she's going to die because she has pio Or something along those lines, a vet would think. But at... About, by day 55... Mm-hmm. After ovulation is when you can really do a count. So we're having the x-ray done at day, around day 5960. Yeah. So we are cutting it close. On purpose, yeah. On purpose to determine exactly what's going on, how many, and all of that. If anything, this exam is going to tell us which direction Celine's heading. And... This has made us feel kind of weird, and when it comes to letting puppy homes down and all of that, when I first sent out the email and told them the ultrasound results, and now watching Celine's behavior, it's it's like... Something else is going on yeah. that we're not clear about. And I've had to give them their hope back. Well, but I've also, I've also done it in a way... We've been cautiously optimistic. And being cautious about it. And just saying, you know, 
we're hopeful. And, and that's another thing that a lot of breeders don't talk about is the letdown. Mm. And the letdown on more than themselves, but on their puppy homes. And it happens with a rare breed. Yeah. Because you have waiting lists that can seem never-ending. You can, I mean, right now during COVID and all of the pandemic shit, I'm getting puppy inquiries multiple a week. It's really hard to go through them yeah. with what we're going through right now. And I, for those of you that have emailed me, I have seen your emails. There's a reason why I haven't responded. And that reason has to do with Celine. I do not want to put anybody on my waiting list until I know what's going on. Know for certain what's going yeah. on. And Just to be clear. You know, right now, we have five homes lined up. One of them is us. Yeah. And if for, by some fucking miracle, she has more than five puppies in her. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Good God is one of them. Yeah. And number two, that is when we'll open things back up again. Definitely. Um, I mean, we're going to go back into um, just basically breeding mode, essentially. We'll have yeah. to get the whelping box set aside in an area, move dogs around. Mm-hmm. I mean, just shit's going to get moving. I mean, and Ashley's yeah. already started a list. Yeah, I mean... And, and, materials and items that we need to obtain. And things... Things in research have changed since twenty six, you know, twenty fourteen when 2014, they were yeah. when they were born, and new things have come out, new things are changing. You know, there's more things that have happened, and as breeders, we kind of pivot and grow and move things forward that better's the next generation. I don't like that word pivot. You don't like pivot? No, because it makes me think of Ross from Friends, unfortunately, you know, oh. and moving that damn couch. There's actually a gif of it. Oh. Yeah, so, and he's yelling pivot. I mean, I've, I've always, well, it's, no, 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 no. For, you don't need me, to apologize. Well, for me, it's more of a businessy term. What? Oh, my gosh, we're synergizing. Is that what's happening here? A little bit. Be a little bit synergistic and having bit. focus groups and things like that? No, I, I've always, uh, and this has been to my detriment, unfortunately, it's from a film. Improvise, modify, adapt, overcome. Yeah. Points to anybody who can tell me what movie that is. I already know. But essentially, that's uh, the best way to live life, honestly, is to, if something happens, you know, okay, we address the fact that it did happen, Mm -hmm. but we have to modify our plans, adapt to the change, Mm -hmm. and therefore overcome the obstruction. Yeah. So regardless of whether Selene is bred or not, we're going to try again with Raven's heat cycle. So here, here's the thing. If Celine is bred, mm-hmm. more than likely what we're going to do is focus on that litter. Yeah. And then get more semen over mm-hmm. to breed Raven. But that's going to be after. like months. It's going to be January-ish. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, January, February-ish. Um... Sister's cushion's gone flat. I can see why you could have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. So, Mother Nature is a fickle bitch. (laughs) I was going to say fickle, actually. (laughs) And you just, it sucks being a breeder in so many aspects, but when you have those good moments, it's as much as it sucks, it's equally rewarding. It is. And when you can place a puppy into someone's arms, and say, I know you've waited forever for this. Mm-hmm. It's great. And you also build up friendships 
mm-hmm. and relationships, all good breeders should keep their door open for anything yeah. that comes your way. And at any time. I mean, I've been known to get messages from one of our puppy homes at like midnight. And if I'm which, awake, I'll answer it. Which, to be honest with you, um, this is not a boast or a brag. This is fact as far as I'm concerned. But the owners that Ashley has vetted, mm-hmm. and you know Henry and Griffin's owners, they are phenomenal. Yep. I love the heck out of them. I really do. I think they're really great mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're willing, you know, at the mo- any moment, mm-hmm. to, you know, do you need anything? What can we do to help or anything like yeah, that? It's I mean, great. it's it's fantastic. And you know, thank Griffin, you for that. By yes, the way, and Griffin's owners they've waited. They waited many, many, many years for for him. And yeah. I'm very proud to call them friends. And they sp- had someone spoil the shit out of them. <laughs> Yeah, he's better now. Though. Yeah, he's undergone a weight loss program and is doing much better. Um, <laughs> Never but, forgetting that. But that—that's part of it. Is yeah. the relationships that you build up and the and things that happen and those moments are great. And as breeders, we kind of get a bad name for being kind of uppity or shut off or what have you, and or being particular. Yeah, being particular. I don't care. Well, no, I didn't think you would. No, I don't care. And I just want... I set my puppy price for a reason. And yeah. that's to be able to produce the next generation. Yeah. Because the costs are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just to get this breeding to happen. Not their birth. Just up to today. Yeah. With all of their vet costs alone has been over $2,000. Yeah. Which, that's like last year's tax return gone already. Yeah. That's, or refund. Yeah. Me, tax refund. But that's over $2,000. Yeah. Now, with that said, mm-hmm. I and I specifically said vet costs. Yeah. That's just the medical bills. Yeah. That has nothing to do with keeping Celine fed, increasing her food intake. Right. Doing things that are normal that we would do to maintain her health in this particular situation and most breeders if they were to calculate especially the responsible ones that are involved in canine sports and put titles on their dogs and do health testing and all of that stuff if they were to put a reason if they were to put a price tag to get a return on their investment yeah most people would never be able to afford no. one at all. Yeah, no. And another piece of that is I set my puppy price the way that I do. Yeah. Because I think it's bullshit to charge someone for a dog when you can buy a horse for the same amount. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that's that's part of it. Um, and unfortunately, certain price brackets people get sticker shock yeah and they just need to understand what the breeder is going through Mm -hmm. what we have to overcome especially with a rare breed yes hamiltons look like hounds and if you are just going off of a breed based on looks instead of the entire package you can go to a shelter tomorrow and get a hound that needs adoption and could use your love for a hundred dollars 
And we, you know, are not saying go one way or the other. No. It depends on the person. Basically. It really does. And if you feel that a certain breed suits your needs, great. We welcome you. What's one of the things that we always say on the podcast? Do, Do your, your homework. homework. And that is very, very, very true. I know a lot of people have gotten sticker shock. But if you work with me, mm-hmm. I'm willing to work with you. Yeah. I have a whole thing of I'm willing to take payment plans. Yeah. However, the puppy needs to be paid off before you pick up. <laughs> and that is one I will not do after pickup payoffs. Because I've heard of many, 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 many horror stories. Oh. And most of the time, those after pickup payoff things happen with other show people. Hmm. Where a breeder trusts another breeder and says, oh my God, you're involved in shows, you'll get my dog out there. Yeah. But then they say a price, they agree on a price, they have contracts, they have everything, and then the new owner... Never pays. Mm. And then if the breeder has turned over papers yeah, and lists the new owner as a sole owner, yeah. then that breeder is never going to get their money and screwed over. And it sucks. Which isn't fair. It's not fair. And I do hate the fact that I have to do this. But here's the thing. If you contact me within enough time and... For those that have, I'm sorry already, but we're just trying to understand what's going on with Celine right now. But if you contact me and I respond and we start getting a payment thing going and you pay off your puppy even before it's born, wonderful. Yeah. As long as you can pay off the puppy before you pick the dog up. And we are advocates of keeping puppies until 12 weeks. Yeah. That's part of the whole research. Yeah. There's a critical stage in socialization and development. And that happens between 10 and 12 weeks where they learn things from their litter mates and their, the adults, the adult dogs that they are around. Right. Now, this episode is really long, but it's fine. Yeah, it's already been over an hour, hasn't it? Yeah. And... It's a lot longer for a mini-sode. Yeah, for... This is like an actual episode. It, it needed to be said. <laughs> Everything. Really. You had apparently a lot to say. Uh, yeah. Um, but if you know a rare breeder, please, please, please reach out to them. Mm. They, they are going through hell. And especially with COVID, they're going through hell. Yeah. Because I, I've been talking to a couple of people... Who are literally, they've paid off their new import puppy, but can't get the puppy shipped. Ooh. And so this puppy is growing up, going through critical stages without them. Yeah. And it sucks. It's horrible. COVID is going to set back the rare breeds more than anybody can ever imagine. Yeah. Just because of the fact that the borders are closed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you even if you have a fully AKC recognized breed, we're seeing issues where if the puppy was born in the US and they're trying to get over to Canada, yeah. that the logistics are becoming an absolute nightmare. Yeah. 
So, again, wear your fucking mask. Absolutely. Social distance. If you don't have to be out, don't go out. Wash your fucking hands. Wash your hands. All of that stuff. And COVID is real, people. And It's not a conspiracy. It's not. And the it's reasons, not a political tool either. No, it's not. And the reasons that we're doing this... And people are suffering. People are dying. People are losing their jobs. Everything is going up in smoke. Yeah. But you're also dealing with lives that are critically endangered. Yeah. A lot of these breeds are critically endangered. And once we lose them, they lo- we lose them forever. There's no getting them back. There's They're- no reset button. Yeah. It's full-on game over permanent. And I've been talking with a couple of rare breed people and... Um, We've been just trying to come up with a strategy to send to the AKC because they're still adamant on their numbers game. They're still adamant on a lot of things. But with COVID, they have to make concessions. Yeah, the game... The the rules of the game have to change, basically. Things have switched and pivoted in a way that we can't... We couldn't have even imagined a year ago. Yeah. The world is totally different. Definitely. And... It, one could say it changes daily, technically. Yeah, and with with rare breeds, it's one of those difficult situations of you have to adapt to whatever you've been dealt with. And thankfully, for the most part, you can, you know, import semen. There is no other way... To diversify your breed right now. Right. Um, because it's physically impossible to do embryo transfers like what they do with horses and stuff. Yeah. You can't do that in dogs. The physio, like, their actual anatomy doesn't allow it for doesn't it. doesn't allow for it, yeah. Um, and not everyone has enough money like Barbara Streisand to clone two of her dogs. <laughs> um, but even then breeds that Barbara Streisand had were fully recognized breeds. That's true, yeah. And, you know, when you're dealing with something that's critically endangered, you have to take on a sacrifice. That sacrifice sucks. Yeah. But you're doing it for the very altruistic reason and purpose of keeping this breed alive for generations to come. Because you've had one of your instances where you've Nearly dissociated because you feel like the breed was going to go extinct. Mm-hmm. That US, was a hard, yeah. that was a hard night, and it right now the genetic future of Hamiltons in the U.S. is in flux. Um, I think that's probably the kindest way to put it. Yeah, that's the kindest way to put it. I mean, another way would be on a knife's edge because it's just it could go either way. And I hate it. I wish, you know, I wish we could have more. I wish there would, you know, things were different. Um, I know damn well right now that if the AKC realized the COVID struggle of rare breeds that aren't fully recognized, if they said, fine, you guys can go full, all FSS breeds that are FCI recognized... You guys can go full starting January 1. Yeah. I know damn well that the breed would be kept alive in the U.S. Immediately. Wow. Immediately. 
with, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. Because what that would mean is that breeders in the UK would be more willing to ship their dogs over. Right, yeah. Breeders in Sweden and Norway would be more willing to ship their dogs over. And even just for a moment in time to do certain campaigns with them. And those campaigns, especially if they're a male, they can breed to bitches already in the U.S. Yeah. And that's all that matters is getting and uh, and ensuring that this breed stays alive. That's all that we're here for. It doesn't go extinct like some of the other breeds we've already talked about on the show. And don't expect an extinct breed episode for a little bit. Um, considering that she doesn't want to, I mean, it's similar to how this one person I know, they were doing a litter, but then they were doing computer themed mm-hmm. and they didn't want to do the blue screen of death that I mentioned. Yeah. It's, for it's, obvious reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, we're joking and we're very jovial right now, but we're also... No, this has, I think, been one of our ser- more serious episodes. I but I mean, make. us personally, like, oh, around the okay. house, you know, we're trying to stay as optimistic as possible. And it's we're, very difficult to keep you positive sometimes. Yeah, uh, just because I, of I everything. Do, I do try though. No, and and you've you've done well, but no. it's we've all gone through a lot. Yeah. It's tough. Um, if you are struggling with whatever you're struggling with, I don't care if it's rare breeds, if it's other dog stuff, if it's bullying, if it's people being shitty, if it's loss, grief, what have you. Therapy's out there. Mm. Talk to your local counties, especially if you're in the U.S. and in the state of Virginia. Mm-hmm. If you are a Virginia resident, you have a county service to help you. Um, so reach out. People are there. They're there for you. Maybe it's not the people that you want. Mm. But, but they're the people you need right yes. now. And it's... <laughs> There's a Dark Knight reference. It is. <laughs> and it's... Oh my God. It, it, it is... It's a tough time that we're in. We're staying cautiously optimistic. It's in this in this particular uncertain time. It is very difficult to remain positive. Yeah, you have no. I mean, all these negative things weighing down on you. I mean, it's just uh, we've got we've run the gambit here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, there is. If you look hard enough, hope is there. Mm-hmm. And even for me, someone who tries to remain as positive as humanly possible, there are days where I find it insanely difficult to do. But at the same time, the scales are going to tip. Yeah. And all this hardship, all this crap that we've dealt with in 2020, I, 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 I feel hope. at some point the scales are going to balance the other way and we'll have some hope again, mm-hmm. honestly. And but you can't... Just, it's going to be hard. You're going to yeah. break down. Expect that to happen, but don't ever give up. Right. And that's the biggest thing for this episode is if you are interested in getting involved in a rare breed, expect struggle. Yeah. Expect a lot of it. Yeah. Expect to possibly to get teased, possibly Bullied. bullied. Possibly naysayers. Yeah. Um, people have... who are going to come in on drop cam in the middle of the night and tell your dogs to die, 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 die. Um, Someone trying to hack your um, website website and basically do a, a catfishing scam on you. Yeah. And it's, it's going to happen. People suck. But you have to remain very, very positive in some ways. But Michelle you... Obama. Yes. Say yeah. it. What? When they go low, you, you go, go high. high. Yeah. And you have to keep that mindset. Yeah. 
You just have to because when we go places that are dog related, mm-hmm. we are the face of the breed club. And we have to remain constantly vigilant about that. And because we are the faces of the breed club, we've actually gone to a location and gotten pink eye. Yes. <laughs> I can't go to work because I got pink eye. Yay. <laughs> that was a fun weekend. Um, <laughs> now that we're almost at an hour and a half. Oh, should... fuck me. 90 minutes? Yeah. We need to wrap it up. We need to put a bow on this. I, would, yeah. I, I honestly thought we were going to end it with the hope thing. That we it is. About. It is. And I think yeah. I think we should end it with the hope. Yeah. And just make sure if you're getting involved in a rare breed, do it for the love of the breed. Don't do it for dollar signs. The best thing you can do, and it's very similar to you know people in need anyway, is to reach out. Yeah. Reach out. Even we're if it's going just to say, hell. hey, how you doing? Yeah. How's your mom and them? That sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, if people haven't reached out in years, I don't care. Yeah. Just Reach out and be like, yeah. hey, how's it going? Are you okay? Yeah. And us rare breed enthusiasts and fanciers, we need it now yeah. more than ever. More than ever, yeah. Um, because COVID has impacted us in a way that we never thought it could. Mm. And I really, really, really hope that this is a change in the right direction. And I really hope that there is some good things coming. Mm. If so, we'll let you know. Yeah. So with that, in the meantime, you can find us oh on God, my, my cheat sheets in the other room. You did this on purpose. No, I can do it. It's okay. fine. You can find us on Twitter at about a dog one. You can find us on Instagram at about a dog pod. You can email us at about a dog pod at gmail You can find us on Facebook at about a dog pod. Reach out. We're here. You can even shoot us a message mm-hmm. through Facebook. Nine times out of ten, I'll respond pretty quickly. And, yeah, fairly quickly. Yeah. Um. So with that. On that on that note. Go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. They really, really, really love you. They do. They really do.